All right, great. So now I'm going to pray right now. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would go to that place. I rip off every scab that is formed over their emotions. Every scab that has been formed in their soul. I rip it off right now in the name of Jesus so it can heal properly under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Right now. And I command right now every demonic spirit that has taken advantage of these people because of that trauma, because that emotional weight. I bind every demonic spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ. And I command every demonic spirit to come out, come out of those emotions, come out of that part of the soul right now in the name of Jesus. Let them go, devil. You cannot have them. And I plead the blood of Jesus over every part, over all those negative, negative emotions right now. Some, some of you say, well, I'm just that way. No, no, no. You're that way because this thing that happened and you allowed it to dictate your life and you weren't willing to go there to bring some healing to it. That's not who God really wants you to be. What we need to find out, who is the real you? Who is the real you? Who is the God? Who is the person that God created? That's what we need to get to. Amen? Amen? That's what we need to get to. We need to peel these layers off, these onions, oh, these layer of onions off that has grown. They've, they've just grown. So, Lord, I pray right now that the anointing would start to peel away those layers right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, open them up to Mark chapter 5. I want to release the word before we pray. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 5. Whew. You guys feel the presence of God during praise and worship? Listen, some of y'all complain about, well, that's a little too long. Well, guess what? <laughs> if you don't like this, you're not going to like heaven very much. Are you, are you hearing me? This is, this is just practice for heaven because you're going to be doing this for eternity. So number one, either you're not born again or you're in a carnal mindset. What one is it? Whoa. All right. All right. I'm meddling. All right. Mark chapter five, verse one. Then they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, a demon, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains. Think about that. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled, pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself. If you're a cutter today, that motivation is from a demon spirit. Are you following me? He was cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out, of, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. 
All those pronoun things, huh? We, us, them. Sound familiar? Are you guys watching any news lately with what's going on in this culture? Amen. It's demons. For we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000. Listen to this. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. These demons went in the pigs and caused them to commit suicide. Suicide. You got suicide tendencies? You need deliverance. There's a demon there driving that. Are you hearing me, somebody? The title of my message tonight is this. Stop feeding the enemy. Stop feeding the enemy. What you feed in your life grows stronger. Well, that goes for, I mean, that's just a, a, you know, a spiritual law. That goes for positive things and that goes for negative things. The word of God says this. It says to resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now listen to this. That verse is not talking about casting out demons. Did you know that? That verse is not talking about casting out demons. It's talking about when the enemy attacks you from the outside, not the inside. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Jesus spoke the word of God uh, to resist the devil three times. And he departed from Jesus. You remember that? It says he departed from Jesus for a season. Or the New King James says this, that he departed from him. Listen. Until an opportune time. For an opportune time. We need to be sober and vigilant in every season of our life because the enemy is looking for an opportune time to tempt and attack us. All right? So here we go. Obviously, if there's a demon inside of you, you resist the temptation of what they're trying to make you do. But they can't make you do anything but they want you to do something. Are you following me? But just doing that will not cause the demon to come out. Follow me. If you have a demon on the inside of you, I'm talking about deliverance, casting out demons. Listen, it needs to be confronted. It needs to be dealt with and verbally commanded to come out. Are you following me? Demons do not leave a person on their own. They must be verbally commanded to come out in the name of Jesus. You got to know that. All right. So here we go. So in the spirit realm, you guys ready to go a little deeper tonight? You want, want some deeper stuff? Okay, here we go. In the spirit realm, it's all about cooperating, cooperating with influence and giving permission in the spirit realm. That goes for the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Are you following me? Here's the deal. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness cannot force you or I to do anything. It's all about them trying to influence you to do what they want you to do. Are you following me? Now, it's true that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? Ephesians 6, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But here's what's going on here. Maybe you've never seen it like this before. That wrestling match is talking about the struggle with the enemy to influence us and for us to resist them. 
Are you following me? That's what the wrestling match is talking about. That's the wrestling match. See, demons cannot get you into bondage or form a stronghold without our cooperation. So if there's a bondage, if there's a stronghold in your life tonight, it's because you opened the door to them. It just didn't happen. Are you following me? Just like adultery. You didn't just end up in their bed. Are you following me? Are you following me, somebody? All right, great. You're, you're awake. Good. And this is probably why the Holy Ghost is having me teach before we pray. Because if I pray for an hour, a lot of you are just going to leave. Right? Right? Or you're going to sit in your seat and you're going to doze off. This is an important teaching, though. Okay? So here we go. The same principle applies to sickness and disease. We need to stop cooperating with sickness and disease. We need to stop feeding that enemy that's attacking our physical body and that's attacking our soul. Amen? So here's what happens. So we know that our will then is stronger than the enemy's temptations. Okay? You must come to the point in your life that you need to be tired of being sick and tired. You need to be tired of being sick and tired. And you need to rise up with everything that's in you and starve and rebuke the enemy in your life. You need to starve that thing. See, here's, here's what I see in, in the Christian life a lot. A lot of Christians walk around like they're the victim. You've got to get rid of that victim mentality. If you're ever going to overcome the enemy, you've got to get rid of that victim mentality. You've got to start seeing yourself who you are in Christ. Or you will never, you're, gonna, you're not going to rise any higher than your thought life. All right? That's why the Bible says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. See, demons are earthbound. Demons, it's a flesh devil. They're trying to stir up our flesh. Are you following me? So it's a must that you need to stop uh, playing the victim. We need to know our identity in Christ. The enemy is always trying to put, listen to this, spiritual confusion on Christians. See, we're, we're seeing it in the world, right? People, you know, men want to wanna be women. Women want to be... I, this is crazy, right? The transgender movement. Are you, anybody here? Yeah. Yes, I'm talking about this from the pulpit. Listen, the transgender. Well, get this. I see a lot of Christians that are being trans-spiritual. I see a lot of Christians that are being trans-spiritual. What do I mean by that? Well, they're, they're, they're the righteousness in Christ, but they still think they're a scumbag. Right? Just like these women want to be men, men want to be women. See, they want to be something else. Christians are always trying to and want to be somebody else. And the devil has a field. Say trans-spiritual. You know what? I even looked that up on my phone today. I googled it. I'm like, is that even a thing? And it's not. So I'm going to copyright it. So there's, there's a lot of confusion among the body of Christ. But it's time for us to activate the benefits of our heavenly citizenship right here on earth. And we need to be on earth as it is in heaven, Christians. See, Satan and demons hate when we get a revelation of our citizenship. And that we need to release it on earth. Here's the deal. You ready for this? We have a lot of Christians that walk around and say, oh, my citizenship is heaven. You know, I'm just uh, passing through, right? 
The problem is they're passing through and they're letting the enemy, uh, you know, just beat the tower right out of them. No, while you're passing through, you need to advance the kingdom of God. No. See, see, demons are fine with you knowing that you're a citizen of heaven, but they just don't want you to get the revelation that you're supposed to advance the kingdom of God right here on earth. So listen to this. Your heavenly citizenship is far greater and valuable than your earthly citizenship. Right? It is. It is. It's far greater. Well, who are you going to trust if you get into trouble? Are you going to trust your earthly citizenship? Are you going to trust Biden to get you out of some problems? Are you going to trust Biden or are you going to trust the Lord Jesus Christ? What citizen are you going to trust more? Come on, somebody. Ah, come on now. Now listen to this. I want to point out in Mark chapter 5 that demons needed permission to go into the pigs. Now, I'm not suggesting when you're casting out demons, you send them into your pet. Are you following me? All right. But listen, Jesus was more than accommodating to send those suckers into the pigs to release the human from bondage. Are you following me? My point is they needed permission. We have more authority than what you even know. Man, we need a revelation of this. We need a revelation. We need to cancel every demonic and satanic assignment. See, now let's, here we go. Listen to this. So demons then are disembodied spirits, okay? Uh, They're not angels. They're disembodied spirits. Now there's a distinction between the two. All right, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, Demons that aren't already inside of a person, the Bible says they walk in dry places and they're constantly seeking to get inside of a person. They're miserable without being inside a human. Are you following me? Why? Because they want to act out their rage and anger against the Lord Jesus Christ. They want to destroy what God loves. Are you following me? All right, so... Um, so uh, they call the person's body their home. All right. Now, by the way, they obviously, as we read here, demons can possess animals. Have you ever, I had a cat once and that I'm telling you what, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. This thing was spinning around like a top. It was break dancing like Michael Jackson. I, and we were, I mean, we were, you know, I was praying, watching spiritual things, and all of a sudden this cat just went nuts, all right? And I'll kid you not, I, come, I bound the demonic spirit, and that, well, I kid you not, that thing stopped. Stopped right on a dime. So next time, Fido starts to get a little weird. Take authority over that demon. All right? Listen to this. So fallen angels... Angels can go uh, into different uh, dimensions. They can go into the heavenly realms. But demon spirits, it's very clear that they are bound to the earth. Okay? They're bound to the earth realm. Like I said, they walk in dry places when they're not uh, inside of a person. Demons have the hallmark of a personality. They are literally a person without a physical body. All right? You do know you're a spiritual being, right? Did you know that? You're a spirit being. And you possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. All right? 
So, uh, so listen to this. So each demon carries out a specific function and they're named according to that function. Uh, demons have a will or desires. And what do they try to do to humans? They try to push their will on humans. They're trying to influence humans. You follow me? Demons have emotions. They have knowledge. They have self-awareness. They have the ability to speak. They have the ability to speak. Now, the word possessed is not the best translation. You go online, you know, or you watch anything on YouTube, all these ministers, the first thing you're going to hear is, oh, certainly a Christian can't be possessed because they look at the word possessed as ownership. That's not the good word. The better word is they're demonized. There's an area of their life that there's, their, there's the influence of a demon is in a certain area or areas of their life. Are you following me? So this whole word game, just get rid of it, all right? Get rid of it. It's demonized. It's like, it's like your house, all right? You, you have a house. You have mice in your house. Yeah, they're in there. They don't own the home. You do. You need to get rid of them. Are you following me? Your house isn't possessed, but it has mice. So some of you walking around, you Christians, you, you know, you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, but you got some mice on the inside of you you need to get rid of. Are you following me? So we got to bring it down to the practical level, all right? A person does not get a demon or demons by accident. Something happened or something was spoken that gave demons permission to enter. That permission, by the way, didn't have to come from you, unfortunately. Well, that's not fair. Yeah, I know. That's the way it is. It, it can come from someone that has authority over you. When you were a little kid, your, your parent has spiritual authority over you. Until that child comes to the age of accountability, meaning that they're old enough where they can make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life. They make the decisions for themselves. Up to that point, before that point, parents, you guys are the gateway. You're the spiritual gateway to your children. So it doesn't have to come from you. Uh, Many times that permission, unfortunately, comes through traumatic experiences. Uh, A woman was raped. uh, Someone was molested. uh, Something like that. Now, they can enter that way. Now, the way that a demon gets in is not necessarily the way it stays in. What does that mean? What I'm saying is someone can get it. Say a woman, she gets raped. Uh, Demons can come in because of that traumatic experience, but it stays in through unforgiveness and bitterness. That's the stronghold you got to deal with. Are you following me? All right. So some demons are attached to a person at conception because of generational curse down a family line. Generational curses, how do you know there are some? Because there's generational blessings. Night, day, blessing, cursing. Read Deuteronomy 28. Are you following me? It's in there. All right. This isn't James telling you this. This is in the word of God. My point is, there's a reason why the demons are there. By the way, for a Christian, the demons cannot be in your spirit because that's where the Holy Ghost lives. Now, it can attack your physical body and it can attack your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. By the way, deliverance ministry, when I say deliverance ministry, I'm talking about casting demons out. Are we all good on that? All right. So deliverance ministry is really a part of the healing ministry. You, there's several scriptures in the word where Jesus casted a demon and said the person was healed. All right? All right? So 
Deliverance is a part of, of the uh, healing ministry. For the teaching of this, I, I'm kind of separating deliverance, casting out demons from, from physical healing. But really, it's a part of it, okay? So I, you need to know that. You need to know that a sickness, disease, and infirmity can be the direct cause of a demon spirit in a specific part of your body. All right? It, it totally can. In fact, we, here's the deal. You ready for this? All you ministers who really want to get into this, here's some advice for you. We need to treat sickness, disease, and infirmity just like a demon spirit. You treat it. You use authority. You speak to that thing as if you're speaking to a demonic spirit. Just do it. Well, that's a little weird, isn't it? Do it. If you want results, do it. Amen. Because that sickness or a disease is a living thing. And it's trying to destroy you and I. Amen? All right? Jesus rebuked sickness and disease. Remember, he rebuked the fever. He spoke to the fever, directly to the fever. So when you're ministering, speak directly to a sickness or disease, just as if you're talking to a demon. Now, both demons, sickness, and disease, they respond to faith and the spoken word of God. They know it. Here's the sad thing. Demons have more of a respect for the Word of God than some Christians. Why? Because they recognize spiritual authority. Christians don't, a lot of them. Because it's a lack of knowledge. My people, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You have a lack of knowledge? It don't matter. Well, that's not fair. The enemy can't beat me if I don't know, right? Oh, yeah, he'll take advantage of every weakness, every, every lack of knowledge you, you, you're missing in your life. So how do we as Christians feed the enemy? How do we allow the enemy to continue to operate? Remember, what you feed grows stronger in your life, all right? How, how do we allow them to have a greater influence? This is what we don't want to do, amen? Many Christians wear a mask to cover up the true pain and emotional torment that they're living in. Uh, amen? Uh, I mean, you, you know, you, people walk into churches all the time, right, Pastor? You know, they walk into church all the time and they come in with a smile, but you can see the pain in them. They're struggling. People are struggling. They need to know there's a real enemy. There's a real spiritual enemy. And this is one of the areas that Christians have not been willing to tap into, is casting out demons. All right? So many Christians wear that mask. Demons feed on deception. They feed on darkness. What stays hidden remains. If you want to heal, you must reveal. If you want to heal, you must reveal. That's emotional healing. I was talking to a minister this week, and we were talking about in our personal sessions, we do um, emotional healing before we get into the casting out of demons, right, to bring some healing. And I said, you know, it's so simple what we do in emotional healing. It's very simple. You know what we let people do? We let you talk. Can you believe that? What We let people talk about their painful experiences that they had in life. But you know what's there? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. And there's an anointing in that place when we're, when we're ministering to someone. So whether you have a demon, 
whether you have a sickness or a disease, at some point there was an entry point. There was an entry point. There was some kind of an opening. There was some kind of an activation point, if you will. All right? Are you following me? And like I said, let me say it again. The way that a demon gets into a person is not necessarily the way that it stays in. There's the entry point and the stronghold is how they stay in. Right? So a lot of people try to go for the the thing that where, where this thing entered, where their life started to go downhill. But you got to look a little further down the road and look, oh, there's some unforgiveness there toward that individual. Oh, there, are you following me? There's some bitterness there that's given the enemy right to stay there. And we call it a legal right. Say legal right. So our faith, our will and faith must be involved to get rid of sickness, disease. It must be involved to get rid of demons. Here we go. You ready for this? The first area that Christians are feeding the enemy in and giving them influence and strength is in their thought life. Say thought life. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Oh, I'm sorry, chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every, underline it, thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. So bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. One of the characteristics uh, of a demon is, like I told you before, they have the ability to speak, right? Remember that? They are a spirit being. So the way that demons speak to humans is by thoughts. It's by thoughts. It's by impressions and pictures in your imagination realm. That's how communication takes place in the spirit realm. Your spirit, man, is a receptor. You're an antenna for the spirit. Why? Because you're a spirit being. So you're constantly picking things up in the spirit. Have you ever had that? You walk into a place and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, something feels weird in here. I'm like, you, your antenna, your spiritual antenna picked it up in the spirit realm. All right? You picked up probably a, a, a demonic a spirit or something like that that the Holy Spirit was revealing to you there. So um, communication in the spirit realm is at the speed of thought. Write that down. Communication in the spirit realm is at the speed of thought. See, they can only speak verbally if a human yields to the thoughts or the words or words they spoke to that person in their thought life. Remember Peter? Oh, Jesus, you can't do that. Get behind me, Satan. Peter was speaking out what what Satan wanted him to speak. You following me? Peter! Peter! (laughs) Yep. Um, And then they can... So, and that's how it gets verbalized if someone yields to them. All right? If a person is very strongly demonized that you're ministering to or something, there are times that demons uh, speak directly through a person. You see that in the Word of God. If anybody here has ministered deliverance, you've seen it in deliverance sessions too. I hate you. All of a sudden, it just comes forth. And the person's like, why did I just say that? Are you following me? 
Every thought you have, be careful, every thought you have is not your own thought. Some of those thoughts come from demons. Some of those thoughts come from the Holy Spirit. Some of those thoughts might even come from angels in the kingdom of God. All right? That is why we are commanded to take captive, or I like to say it this way, arrest every thought. Arrest every thought and see if it lines up with the Word of God. See, this is the reason why many Christians are falling away from the faith. They are, uh, there's a failure to arrest every thought. So the enemy puts a thought in their mind, and all of a sudden, for some reason, that person took the bait. And they start to fall away from the faith. All right? Say arrest. Arrest every thought. Every person that has a demonic bondage has an out-of-control thought life in some area of their life. Okay? Every So remember, demons cannot control you. They're trying to gain influence. Even if they're inside of you. They're try- they still need your will. All right? They're trying to gain influence over your life. And that battle and wrestling match is taking place in your thought life, in your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. They plant thoughts to influence, influence you. And if your mind is not renewed, or I like to say it this way, if your mind is not rewired with the Word of God, demons have an easy time influencing you, and you fall into their temptation. You'll fall into their temp, uh, compulsions. The soul, listen to this, I'm just dropping some nuggets here. The soul is the determining factor whether you're going to let your born-again spirit man or the flesh dictate your life. Galatians talks about the, word of the, uh, talks about the works of the flesh. Go to Galatians chapter 5. I want to show you something here. Galatians chapter 5. I want to show you the works of the flesh in a different light that maybe you've seen it before. Galatians five, sixteen through 21. It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. In other words, there's no secret to this, people. If this is happening, it's the flesh which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries. And then here's, here's right here, underline it, and the like. It's saying this is just a partial list. You following me? It's giving us some examples. All right? And the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things, notice the word practice, practice, make a lifestyle out of these things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. So here, listen to this. The list of the works of the flesh is putting the responsibility on us, is it not? If we fall into them. In other words, what this is telling us is the devil did not make you do it. The devil did not make you do it. If we could blame the devil for our actions, we we could blame... It's the devil's fault right now that there are people in hell right now. But it's not. It's the person's choice. Why? Because your free will is greater 
than the devil. Are you following me, somebody? The best that the serpent could do in the Garden of Eden is tempt Eve, lie to Eve, and try to influence her. And guess what? He did. She gave into it by her own free will. So you need to know this. When you get it given to fleshly desires, you are really given authority to demons over your life. I want you to see this whole, this whole uh, works of the flesh differently. All right? Demons operate through the fleshly desires of humans. You know, it's, it's the age-old debate about deliverance. Oh, that's not a demon. That's the, that, that Christian's just into the flesh. Demons operate through fleshly desires. Are you following me? Again, the only reason it's called the works of the flesh and not the works of demons is because it takes our free will to do it. It pins the responsibility right on us. It's your free will that gives into their temptation. So whatever the bondage or stronghold is, you do not have to be slave to it. Guess what? You're the one who got yourself into it. You can get yourself out of it in the name of Jesus. Your will just needs to be into it. See, there's a meme. There's a meme I've seen on Facebook. It's very interesting. It's a horse tied to a very light plastic chair. And the horse isn't moving. Because it thinks it's tied to something that's making it stay there. In reality, all that horse needs to do is move because it's a plastic chair. Oh, if this is not a picture of Christians, how much authority we have. All the freedom that we can attain through Christ. Move that plastic chair. Are you following me? Hallelujah. Now, when you see a person that's really out of control, who basically seems like demons are operating through them unhindered, that means this. That means that there's some emotional issues going on that has lowered their will. Their will is very, very weak. Come on. It's called a seared conscience. Think about this. You, you look at out this row. I mean, think of prostitutes selling their body to people. I mean, you've got to really have a, a seared conscience to do that. You've got to really think low of yourself. Are you hearing me, somebody? Their will is so beaten down. It's like they're, it's like they're just a glove and the, and the demons just slide right in and they're, they're, their will is being accomplished right through them. It's time to take charge of your life. Amen? Amen? Oh my. You getting anything out of this? Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, so here we go. So, you know what makes a demon miserable? is when you start obeying God. When you start rejecting the works of the flesh. When you start resisting temptation. It will make them miserable. Now, that will not cause the demon to leave you automatically, like I said. All right? You live in a holy life. If if there's a demon in there, you need deliverance. They need to be confronted and commanded to come out. But you will resist them to the point where they're going to want to leave. They're like, this person means business. I don't want to be here any longer. Think about it this way. (laughs) We have the honor of releasing demons from their assignments. They don't leave until we tell them to get the heck out of there in the name of Jesus. That's why there's so many around. Because Christians aren't doing this. Are you following me? 
They still must be commanded to leave. Our thought life, here we go. Our thought life is what makes a connection in the spirit realm, either with the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. You could say it this way. What you meditate on in your thought life determines what kingdom you're attracting into your life. And so that's why the the enemy wants to keep your thought life tied up in bondage. Why? Because anxiety, doubt, and unbelief, they're all formed in the thought life. Rejection, anger, rage, all formed in the thought life. Bitterness formed in the thought life. You name it. All these things begin in the thought life. Joyce Meyer has a book, Battlefield of the Mind. That, it truly is the battlefield. That's it. That right there. The enemy's trying to keep you out of faith because they know that the power of faith and it puts a demand on the anointing and the promises of God in your life. So your thought life is key on whether, listen, listen, your thought life is key on whether a sickness or a disease is restricted or strengthened in your body. Oh, I see. Oh, come on now. Our thought life connects or disconnects to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says, renew your mind, because your life depends on it. It I'm telling you, it could mean life or death. Your thought life. The next point here, I'm almost done. The second area that Christians are feeding the enemy in their life is by the spoken words. The reason I put words after the thought life is because our spoken words are a manifestation of our thought life. Think about this. Jesus said it this way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So spoken words, listen to this, ready? Spoken words sign or cancel contracts in the spirit. They sign or cancel contracts in the spirit. Go to Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21. I'm setting this up for our prayer time. Amen. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power. That literally means in the authority of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So death and life are in the authority or power in the tongue. Let me give you some insight on the devil's playbook right here and why he fights our thought life so hard. So remember, I said that our thought life engages or connects to one of the two kingdoms. Are you following me? All right. The devil is trying to fill... And influence our thought life to the point that we will verbally speak what he's putting in our thought life. Why? Are you ready for this? Here's what it all comes down to. So your thought life connects to the realm of the spirit. Your spoken words connect to the spirit and bring a manifestation in the natural realm. That's why. That's why he's fighting you. That's why he wants you to speak. Because your words bring a manifestation in the natural realm. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus told us to have the God kind of faith. That God kind of faith is this, believing in your heart, speaking it out from your mouth without doubt. All right? Now, here's the problem with that. That can go for good or bad. Oh, I always get sick this time of year. Always. Well, you are because you're expecting it. You had faith. You believed in your heart and you did not doubt, baby. Are you following? You did, man, you were great. Man, you kept the faith on that one. Are you following me? 
So that what Jesus said, he was giving us a spiritual law. It can work for good and it can work for bad. Watch out what's coming out of that mouth. Watch out. Because it brings a manifestation forth. All right? So, here's the process. Your thought life connects to a kingdom in the spirit realm. Your spoken words bring a manifestation in the natural realm. If you want something to shift in the natural realm, you can't be silent. you got to speak it. Oh, now you're preaching that word of faith stuff. Sorry, Jesus believed it. Word of faith is in the word. Amen? Someone once asked me about praying in their head silently. If it's okay, if it's good, all right? Just kind of the silent prayer. And here's the deal. You can have meditative prayer talking to God, and he'll speak back. You know, you're laying on, on the bed at night. You know, you're kind of just kind of bouncing some things off. God, I love you. Uh, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're having a conversation on the inside. I call that meditative prayer. And he'll speak back. But here's what the Holy Ghost said. You ready for this? If you're looking for a manifestation in the natural, you need to open your mouth. You need to open your mouth. It must be verbally spoken to get a result in this natural realm. You See, you can't even cast a demon out without the verbal command. Go ahead, try casting one out just thinking about it. It's not going to happen. Are you following me? To cast a demon, it's got to be verbal. Say verbal. verbal. All right? So our spoken words can be used to resist to weaken, to cast out demons, to heal sicknesses and diseases. Uh, Or negative words can be used to feed or strengthen the function of the enemy. And that's what we don't want to do. Stop feeding the enemy. Start starving that guy. Come on. Start starving that flesh. There's a reason why Jesus said to fast. You following me? Prayer and fasting. By the way, when they couldn't cast that demon out, remember that? Jesus, we can't cast, uh, your servants can't cast the demon out of my son. And Jesus brought up about prayer and fasting, didn't he? Here's what happened. Fasting increases your faith. It was a faith problem by the disciples. In fact, if you read that, Jesus got upset. He said, you, you faithless generation, I, I got to do this for you. Right? Listen to this. The Holy Ghost showed me in that. I was meditating on that one time. And and the Holy Ghost said Jesus was mad at them because they weren't praying and fasting like they should. And they couldn't cast that demon out of that boy. That's why Jesus got upset. Can you believe that? Never seen that before. That takes Holy... That's why we need revelation from the Holy Spirit. So fasting doesn't change God's mind. It changes our faith. Come on, somebody. Lastly, the third area is that Christians are feeding the enemy is their actions. And, of course, we kind of tied in the works of the flesh into that. You know, um, people who do the Ouija board, these these crazy rituals, Freemasons. If you're in the Freemasonry, get out of it. Get out of it, somebody. The uh, Into witchcraft, the occult, anything like that. See... Everything that God has, Satan has a counterfeit for it. Everything. Prophecy. Divination. Are you following me? Stay away from psychics too, by the way. 
You need to break that word curse over your life too. Amen? Amen. All right, no, we're going we're gonna to start to pray here. But I, I do want to say this. For deliverance ministry and, and prayer and praying for people, um, especially deliverance ministry, if you're, if you're looking to minister deliverance, here's my advice to you. When I first got into the deliverance ministry, I was so excited. I would always chase people down. I would notice someone... <laughs> I would notice who has someone who has a bondage, and I'm like, come on, come on, you need deliverance, you need deliverance, come on. Let's do, you know, I was just so excited, let me cast some demons out. <laughs> then they would get together and nothing would happen. Why? Because their will wasn't into it. They didn't want to be set free. Are you following me? So I never chase anyone. I might, I might say to someone, you know, the good pastoral thing, eh, let's set up a personal session here but I'll never chase them down. I'll never, because you, your will needs to be into it. If your will's not into it, guess what? We're both wasting our time. I don't want to waste time. Amen? But if you're ready and willing, I'll spend as much time as we need to take to get you set free. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Now, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do what we did last time. I'm going to have people line up on this wall and just come right through. Wait here. We're going to be over there. Let the person get prayed for, then come up. Prayer team, I want you to come up. The LWC prayer team. And I had a vision of this. I'm just telling you, the the Holy Ghost is kind of changing something. Come on up, prayer team. I want you to form uh, a line here and a line here. I want... When we're done, when Marianne and I are done praying for you here, just come on down and I want you to walk through that prayer tunnel to get prayed for. That uh, fire tunnel, prayer tunnel, whatever you want to call it. So here we go. So you guys make a line here and a line here. So when people come through, they're going to walk right in between. And I want you guys to lay hands and pray them. So guess what? You're going to get doubled up in prayer tonight. Amen? Amen? All right. So go ahead. Form a line here. And right here. Come right up. Hey, and if you have to leave, God bless you. Thanks for coming out. I hope you enjoyed the teaching. We're going to have another one of these within the next six to eight weeks. We're going to keep this ship moving. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all.